absolutely incredible things with the right tools, strategies, and mindset in place. I'm your host, Victoria Smith, and it is December 10th as I record this. I think the 11th as this is going to go live, and oh, I don't know about you, but it has been a week. It has been a heavy week. Depending on where you are in the world, I think as we get closer to the holiday season, whatever holiday it is that you celebrate, things feel heavy right now. Uh, restrictions are maybe intensifying in some places. I'm originally from Alberta and they're going more or less into a sort of lockdown for a month right over the holidays. In BC where I'm living now, you know, we, we don't know what things are going to be like over the holidays. We don't know if there's going to be more closures and it's just tough, right? We have all these expectations for what the holidays will or won't be and and it, it can be quite stressful, let's be honest. Um, just a heads up, if you are interested in a free webinar I'm running this Sunday, um, it's with the Motherhood Collective. If you go to uh, my Instagram at stresslessladies, there is a link to register uh, for the webinar in there. I believe they're going to send out a recording afterwards if you can't make it live. You don't have to be a parent to you know qualify for it. It is uh, you know geared towards women in general. Uh, and it will have a bit of a parenting bent to it, but I think the strategies will still be help helpful regardless. So today, I want to talk about something that like, I get questions on this all the time. I'm often asked, what is coaching like? What is coaching? What is it? How does it work? What is it like? I try and describe it to people, but honestly, in, in many ways, you have to experience it to understand it. In short, coaching is three things. It is the sharing of knowledge and expertise, it is accountability, and it's support. So most of us know what we should slash need to do. I don't like the word should, you all know that, but um, you know, we, we know what would work for us. We have that knowledge, so to speak, but we don't necessarily do anything about it. And why is that? Uh, we might have some support in terms of friends and family. If we're lucky, some of us don't have that support. But often what we're missing is the accountability. And like the combination of these three things, it's the secret sauce. It's where the magic happens, to be, to be quite honest. So this week, I am honored to be joined by Molly, which is a pseudonym for one of my lovely clients. So what you're going to be listening to today is is, an, is a session basically between Molly and I. We go through a typical introductory coaching call in order where I get to know a client's history and how we can start to work together. Now, the further along you go on the coaching path, like typically I run a 12-week program, the deeper we probe, the more resilience you build up so that we can get you closer to your end state. But it always has to start, that first session has to start with small but important quick wins. So I think often a lot of people, and, and I think Molly and I even talk about it at the end of the call, is like, you'll get to where you want to go. And this week might not sound like a lot in terms of action items, but we've got to give you some progress, something more than there was last week for you to see that you can do it and for it to make an impact. So start small, go slow to go fast kind of thing. If you find this coaching call interesting, if it feels like it's something that might be uh, what you need, you might need that accountability on your, in your stress management journey, I've got two options for you. So first of all, our Stress Less in 90 Days group coaching program is open for registration. 
and the doors close December 23rd. We're going to be kicking off January one, January 1st with our cohort of women who are ready to stress less now. They are sick of feeling the way they feel. Uh, they don't want to be stressed anymore. They want a lasting solution and they don't want another short-term band-aid fix. So if that sounds like what you're interested in, for more information on that, you can go to stresslessin990days.ca, stresslessin990days.ca. Now, the other option, if this sounds of interest to you, is one-to-one coaching. So that's where it's just me and you. For 12 weeks, diving deep into your specific stressors, creating like the most customized game plan for you. If that's up your alley, if you're like, this is exactly what I need, you could email me, victoria at stresslessladies.com. Regardless, I think you're going to find this coaching call fascinating. I know I always do with my clients. So big thanks to Molly for allowing us to record it and being so vulnerable. She's a rock star. So we'll head into the call. Thank you, Molly, for joining me on uh, our little stress reduction strategy call. For all the dear listeners, Molly is a lovely pseudonym because I thought, you know, if we're going to, you know, do this kind of coaching, then what what name have you always wanted? So we're going with Molly. I like it. <laughs> okay. Tell me, in 45 minutes, as I sort of mentioned to you before, we can't cover everything. We can't... Um, you know, you can't even do that in counseling or therapy or all those good things. But give me a sense of how you would sort of describe your relationship with stress. What does that look like? I, in the past, I um, did not manage it well and took on everything, never said no to things. Um, and then when I felt stress, felt it was basically kind of my fault and so just kind of kept saying yes uh then I suffered burnout 2015 I think maybe that's what you would call it um back in the olden days they called it a nervous breakdown (laughs) (laughs) um and coming back from that has has well it's, it's been five years but still still coming back from it um kind of has taught me like, oh no, like you you don't have to live with stress and you don't have to accept it like it's your fault. And um, you don't have to say yes to everything. Wind me back to that burnout experience. Um, What what was kind of the catalyst? What happened? So uh, layoffs at work resulted in a combination of my job and another woman's job. So um, they basically said, okay, this, this can be done by one person, which it could not. And um, she was fortunate enough to be kind of pretty much ready for retirement. Not quite, but she retired. And so I got, I was the winner and I got the position. And um, looking back, I think going into it, I had a very negative um, outlook about it because I thought I am struggling where I am now plus they're adding on an entire other list of tasks and things and I mean I'll just mention I work in uh, health safety and environment so you don't get into that um, because 
like you, if you get into it, it's because you care probably a lot about that, those subjects and things. So you're always kind of willing to dig in because you think it's important. And I think that gets taken advantage of. That's another side topic. But um, so yeah, so I kind of went into it pretty much like feeling like I was probably going to fail and trying to get resources to help me and kind of being very vocal about what I needed. But it was just, it just, no one really listened in terms of management. So I struggled and struggled and um, went to HR. Uh, then I got kind of chastised by my supervisor for going to HR because I was supposed to go to them and not to HR. Um, I tried going through uh, other kind of means that work had provided with employee assistance and things like that. Um, and it was just all the roadblock. I called employee assistance and they said, well, can you get another job? Oh, and this was just during a round of layoffs and, uh, and, and the economy. And a recession. Exactly. Yeah. And so I, so I felt like I was reaching out to all these things that they tell you to do. And all of it was just blocked. HR turned out to be a terrible choice. Um, going like my supervisor, um, <clears throat> pretty much I kind of had a mark against me and then, and so then I kind of, I went to my doctor and finally, um, the counselor in his office said, you, you need to be on medical leave because you're now, it's not just, em, just emotional and things that you're feeling. Now it's physical. Your body is saying this is too much. And, uh, yeah, so they put me on a short-term uh, disability for a medical leave. And when you're saying it was showing up in your body, like what was happening physically? High blood pressure, sleeping not enough or too much, um, definitely weight gain. But I think the most concerning thing was the high blood pressure because my high blood pressure, like my blood pressure was always like you could set the machine by it. Like if you wanted to, <laughs> like if you wanted to set up your machine and make sure it was dead on, use my blood pressure. Um, that number was always great. And so when that was high and then, yeah. And then just like, it's a, it's a weird spiral, right? You just start to, um, yeah. And then once you don't get sleep, then that of course makes everything else worse. And yeah, so it was, oh, and then of course behavior changes. So then that's when people at work start to like, this is not the normal Molly that we know. This is like, who is this person? And so the ones that are close enough to you are kind of like identifying and seeing things. So yeah. So basically the counselor in my doctor's office kind of pulled the plug and said, you, you need to take a medical leave and, um, and, and sort this out, which I did. And how long did you take off? So I was off I would say, um, I would say for about three months or well, less than three months, which was not enough time. <laughs> so anyone thinking about doing this in the future, <laughs> uh, just as you start to feel better does not mean that you are better and ready to take everything back on again. But that's the, you know, I kind of blame the Western work mentality of, um, if you're not working, you're useless to society. <laughs> Maybe that's an exaggeration, but not, not really. Well, and I think there's also that concern, like in our bones, physical concern that we have of, you know, we feel like we've been able to uh, 
manage our stress on our own on this leave, right? And then the, you know, like how people dread Monday, right? The dread of going back and what will that be? And has anything changed at all? Or have you basically just allowed your body to reset to take it on all on again, right? Like that's hard. So now you're right. And then what happens in the meantime, because there isn't proper support given, um, what happens is then all my work fell on someone else or a couple other people who were also swamped. And uh, it also gave me a big red X of, um, of not a team player. And you might think I'm exaggerating. I mean, you know where I work, so maybe you know I'm not exaggerating. <laughs> and uh, um, yeah, so it, it, I came back to a very um, uh, worse off than when I left. Yeah. So then that preempted a second medical leave. And I would just like to say, having, having known you professionally, like you are very good at what you do, right? So I just want to make that very clear for all the listeners. I think there's a lot of people that can think that, um, you know, some of the stress comes down to like it, very, very equipped, capable people can burn out, right? And end up needing a stress leave. It's nothing to do with a lack of skill, lack of weakness, lack of or weakness or lack of knowledge or any of that. Mm-hmm. very professional skilled people can get into this exact same situation. Right. And it's a number of factors, right? Not necessarily having the coping skills, but also a toxic work environment or not having that support. So you were saying you took, um, so that was 2015. What's kind of the road to recovery? What's worked for you since in managing stress and what hasn't worked for you? I mean, I deal with um, chronic depression um, and have since, uh, like looking back, probably junior high school, that kind of thing. And so actually diagnosed probably in my twenties or whatever, uh, which is, I guess I should clarify a couple decades ago. <laughs> um, so I have, uh, chronic depression that I deal with anyway, but very successfully managed in, in the last, um, multiple years leading up to kind of 2015. Cause once, once stress starts, like when, when stress becomes overwhelming, it's going to trigger whatever your thing is. So if your thing is depression, it's going to trigger that. If your thing is anxiety, it's probably going to trigger that. If your thing is alcoholism, it's probably going to trigger that, like whatever, substance abuse. I think that's kind of the way it happens. Different people, it, it'll just kind of flip those switches. So for me, it was definitely the depression, which then, of course, does not kind of help. But um, so in recovery, I would say uh, I, I did try um, medications for depression and for anxiety. Um, like none of them were successful. And I don't, I don't wanna talk as if medication doesn't help because it definitely does help some people. Uh, I just have like the side effects were in a lot of ways worse than what I was dealing with. That was for me personally. Um, uh, talk therapy was really good. I did, uh, how much time do we have? <laughs> I did, uh, I did outpatient <laughs> at the hospital, um, the um, psychiatric adult services, I think it's called. And so basically like went in to see a social worker on a regular basis and kind of talked and went through things on how to like um, manage. Yeah. I mean, I, I tried a few things and then, but I, I I've kind of known for a while, like my, my best, hope of of 
dealing with things is uh, something I learned from a therapist like long, long ago is uh, SENSE, S-E-N-S-S, which is uh, sleep, exercise, nutrition, social support, and service to others. And so when I was on my medical leave, I actually kind of put all of those things down and kind of graded myself and kind of did something almost every day to kind of tick all those boxes, right? And so, um, yeah, I mean, I've, I've read everything you can read about all this stuff too. <laughs> but now, uh, fast forward to like uh, COVID kind of, it adds this whole other layer to, uh, to people's stress and things like that. So um, yeah, for me to hit that low again is so much easier than it used to be in the past. It's a lot, it's a lot easier to hit those yeah. threats again. So where would you say COVID obviously being the, an overarching challenge for us right now, where okay. COVID aside, where would you say is the other sort of biggest stressor in your life? Uh, stressor is always um, work. And what about work? Like amount of work, type of people you work with? I, all yeah, of the above. so I, the, that other job that I had, I was uh, laid off from it was the happiest day of my life because <laughs> I, <laughs> a little I big felt paycheck. like survivor where it's like, oh, play it with at last. And so I made them pay me to go away, which was because they wanted me, <laughs> they tried very hard to make me leave. Uh, but I would not because I had um, eight years there. And, uh, and yeah, eight years there. And the last two were the kind of my struggles, which I felt was pretty unfair. Anyway, um, yeah, so then I so then I was unemployed for a while, then then got another job in an industry um, that maybe just isn't a fit for me any longer. So part of it is working the work I do I I enjoy and I'm good at and I think is important. Who I work for is the industry I'm in is not probably necessarily a fit for me. And so it's kind of like um, you put so much time into work when you work full time. Uh, and when it doesn't sort of feed you, um, you know, feed you, I mean, emotionally speaking, it feeds me. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, uh, it, it, it's harder. And like I said, now that I've I've hit the ruts and I've kind of been down that road. It's, it's easier to head down that road again, once things get kind of overwhelming. So it's, it's definitely always work. Um, like I'm married 25 years would do it again in a heartbeat. Uh, I don't have children, so I don't have stress in terms of that. You know, I do volunteer work, which I love and other hobbies and things that I love. So it really pretty much always comes down to kind of, work either who i'm working with uh or kind of who i'm working for if that makes sense when you're ending a work day like would you say you feel stress at work almost every day i would say no not not at this position no no not every day not okay. every day no does it go in sort of waves are there busier times of years are there certain yeah it's um it's because the position's fairly new and hasn't really existed, I'm sort of making it my own, but that also means kind of managers don't really know what to do with it. So they're either throwing too much and then you're working hard to get it done. And then they're like, oh, well, you don't actually need that. 
or they kind of don't know what they want to the last minute and then they want it tomorrow. And so it's kind of a scattered, um, uh, like fire alarms almost. Yeah. Which, which working, working in health safety environment is that's almost how it is. Cause like, it's, it's kind of hard to plan. I mean, you do plan for those things, events and incidents and things like that, but it's also kind of like you, just when it happens, you have to kind of jump in and, and deal. So, yeah. Yeah. And when you're sort of jumping into those moments, does it, does it, does that feel fulfilling? Does it feel like you're doing something like, how does it feel when you're sort of jumping into those busy, busy times, unexpected busy times from an incident or whatnot? Yeah. I mean, I would say it's like, jumping in, get the work done. You're always, you're always happy when you get the work done and we can support folks in what they do. Like seeing health and safety is like a guy, it's just a guy with a clipboard and like making you do things you don't really want to do. I hate that whole aspect. I see it as like, we're there to protect you, help you find ways to stay. It's kind of like what you do, except like physically keep people safe and have safe workplaces and things. And so we don't want to be intrusive on your work, but we definitely want to add tools that will keep you safe. Like I see it as, I want to really see it as like a positive thing, as opposed to like, we want you to check these things because we have to check these things off because of insurance or because of due diligence. Like I hate people that have approached the work that way. So when I do jump in and, and solve something or help something, it's great. It feels really great. There is also a level of frustration of like, many times I've anticipated it or other people have anticipated it and people don't listen. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's like, if everyone just listened to me, everything would work out great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. And the last, not, well, maybe probably not the last question. One thing I really want to know before we move on is when your depression sort of rears up, how does that show up? Like, would you say you're like a high functioning depression like you can still show up at work is it a, like it immobilizes you oh no i i have i think walking depression or whatever they call it where you will have no idea um that i was at work that day and that night um in my journal making a list of reasons to not take my life like to be completely transparent right. and honest yeah. So you would have no idea at work when you and I are chatting, but then I go home and we'll be like, okay, so here's reasons to, to keep going and writing those down so that, you know, you don't act on them. Mm -hmm. And it sounds like you've been to, to counseling specifically for depression as well. Oh yeah. Is I've seen, um, oh yeah. I've been, yeah. I've been the outpatient thing at the hospital. Yeah. I've done yeah. a kind of a three day crisis kind of bed in a hospital thing as well yep. and yeah. uh and then ongoing therapy with um like the employee assistance program or wherever i can sort of get stop gaps. i yeah. haven't had a regular okay. person like a regular therapist which it's hard to do that with employee benefits to be honest because i think they'll you'll often find someone will see you for five to ten visits yeah. and then that's your cap yeah. for that issue and then you have to like go away yeah. and come back yeah. with another issue when many of us would benefit from consistent. So I had a, I had a great one last time. Right? Employee assistance has kind of rolled the dice, but I had a great one last time. And she said, give my name. They're not going to want to send you to me again. They're going to suggest you talk to someone else, but give my name and just 
And then she says, it, it'll just has to be a new issue. She goes, we know this is all one, like it's a big ball of elastics, right? <laughs> and like, this will just be one of the elastics we talk about each time. But she said, just pick a different one for next time. And then you'll see me again. And we can restart that clock on five or 10 visits or whatever it is. So she was excellent in helping me. And I don't want to say game the system because I've keyed into the system, right? Like I'm an employee and it's all part of it. But get yeah. the support. You but need, because right? you get the ongoing yeah. thing, instead of having to retell the, the story and the and everything, it's like the person's already there. They have their notes on you. And so, um, yeah. But I'll be honest, lately I've been pretty much managing uh, kind of on my own. So. so you were saying that the SENSS, the sense, which I've never heard of it put quite that, quite that way. I've obviously heard of all the techniques that yeah, are used yeah. and coping mechanisms, but I've never heard it called sense before. Um, how is that going for you right now? Um, if I was grading myself today, let's say sleep, I'm like, this is how I do, really do it with grades. Sleep, I'm probably like a B plus, pretty good, but could be a little bit better. Exercise, I'm like mm, a D. Uh, nutrition, I'm like a C plus maybe. <laughs> um, social support is like, I have a lot of great support and people I can text and reach out to. And my husband's great too. So I would say I'm like an A there for sure. Service to others. I'm kind of probably sitting at like a B. So I do volunteer work okay. and now it's like all zoom kind of stuff, but pretty much, um, so, I mean, that's how I kind of go through it. So, so I think when you're, when anyone is looking at these categories in their life, I kind of think it, I, I like the way you grade it that way. I kind of think of it as like a wheel, right? So the center is like, I need a lot of help because I've not got much of it. And you sort of build it out to the circle. And this is like, I'm, I'm right, an A right. plus, right? Like you get further out you go, the more, the higher the grade kind of thing. And so if you're, if each of those little sections of your sense is on there and you're grading it, it doesn't have, not everything no, has exactly. to be an yeah. A plus, right? But if, if you've got some really out of whack, like a D in some areas and a B plus in others, like, will your wheel roll, right? So no. <laughs> it sounds like not, yes. it might be yes. a bumpy ride, yes. right? And yes. that's what you're feeling, right now right is it's probably will you tell me what you're feeling like right now today like how does your stress feel um so i can bring COVID into it though here yeah absolutely. okay okay so yeah so because um people have different risk tolerance this is all like health and safety speak but uh, it, it, the same goes with COVID um, protocols and things like that. So there are people that are living their lives pretty much normally. And like I said, going to bars and like I was telling you earlier, going to bars and going out to things like that. And, uh, and then there's folks like me that are really like, have really brought things in really tight. And because I've been still going to an office, my husband still goes into an office. Like we don't see my parents. Um, we saw them once over the summer outside distance kind of thing. And yeah, we don't see our friends and all of our sort of uh, social activities and things have pretty much moved to virtual or like very distanced kind of outside stuff. But um, so when, so when coworkers kind of are like talking about living their lives and going on and I'm sharing air and space and everything with them, uh, I just, um, my anxiety just 
just was skyrocketing. Like my, my Apple watch was like dinging me for high, high heart rate, you know? Yeah. And, uh, and so that's when I spoke to my boss and I said, I'm just feeling like really like frustrated that I'm sort of trying to keep things close and tight and everything, but I'm literally sitting it's, it's more than six feet, eight feet away from someone, but we're sharing air for six hours a day uh, with someone who just is living their life and going on. And, and it makes me really anxious. And so then I was sent home now to work from home again, which, uh, which helps a lot. But um, um, yeah, no, my, my stress, uh, like, like where am I sitting kind of regularly is probably like, maybe like a seven, not too bad. <laughs> uh considering where it's been um yeah but my depression is like very it's it's hitting it's definitely like yeah it's not not quite a 10 but it's it's a good nine eight and a half or nine yeah <clears throat> okay okay so there's one thing i want to chat about first is the difference between stress triggers and your stress response so I think a lot of us think of like, well, that thing, that person, that incident stresses me out, right? Work stresses me out. This coworker that's going to bars is stressing yes. me out. Um, finances, COVID, the government, all the, you know, all the Twitter things, doom scrolling. Right? Those are Twitter doom scroll. Oh, the U.S. election for the love. Like the, you know, a lot of us are pretty good at identifying what the triggers are that start us feeling stressed. What we're not as good at, for the most part, is identifying um, whether or not we've actually are still holding on to stress. Like if it's still, what I mean by that is this stress is a response in our body, right? You'll have heard this before, but I'm just going to go through it quickly anyways. When, you know, in prehistoric times, you know, when we were, our stress response would come up because we were in danger right? Lions chasing us, bears chasing us, whatever. Um, it amps everything up to get us running, to get us going to do the thing. We either survive or we don't. Yeah. <laughs> and if we yeah. survive, then we're like, okay, the system starts to calm down. The challenge of modern times is that um, most of what stresses us out, what, in, what initiates that stress response is not a physical danger, it is um it, it is experiences it is it's conversations it is you know the the unseen threat what what ifs what if what are huge yeah and so the challenge with that is what we don't realize is happening is that our stress response is kind of halted in that moment we get really amped up we get really anxious and then because there's no resolution because we haven't you know quit our job or, you know, COVID's not done or, you know, something hasn't changed in the situation, our body is holding on to that stress. Um, and so one of the best things that you can actually do um, is called completing the circle. So completing or completing the cycle rather of stress. Okay. So what we actually need to do is to be able to tell our body, I have dealt with the stress, we can relax now. And by far, um, one of the best ways to do that is exercise. Right. And I am, I think a lot of people have this adverse 
relationship to exercise, I think. I have definitely had an adverse relationship to exercise because for so long, a lot of us associate it as I need to exercise from a weight loss perspective, right? And so we have, I'm speaking from my yeah. standpoint. Yeah, totally. And so we, we have not learned to enjoy movement or um, connect with movement from a mental health standpoint, from a letting the stress out of our body standpoint, or just a general, like, I enjoy going for a walk kind of thing, because for so long we've associated as one thing or another. So you were saying the exercise is around a D right now, right? So, yeah. So I was really good before the weather turned cold. It's winter here (laughs) and the sidewalks are icy and all that kind of stuff. Um, so I was doing really well where I was walking, uh, kind of on my lunch break at least three times a week and it was sunny outside and it was like, you were drawn outside. (laughs) It was easy to do it. Um, and I walk my dogs and stuff like that. I don't walk as fast with my dogs. So I like to take walks without them as well because they're sniffers and they take forever. So I was really good. And then the weather turned, but at the same time, things ramped up busy wise at work. And so I, I would say to myself, Oh, it's your time for your noon walk. And then I would go, but if you work through, then you'll get to go home earlier or you'll be done earlier. And then you can actually do something then and you'll enjoy it more. Cause you don't have to come back to the office. Like I would talk myself out of it. Then of course, once I would get home, I was so exhausted and done. And I probably hadn't eaten lunch. Um, because I worked through and then, you know, and then like everything falls apart. So, um, yeah, yeah. Like I, when I, in many, many years ago, when I was a runner, which meant like I ran like three, four times a week, I did like 10 Ks, five Ks, all that kind of stuff. That is the best physically and mentally I've ever felt. I was still overweight, but that didn't matter because I just felt so darn good. And, um, uh, so yeah, like, I have had great relationship with exercise. It's just, I'm, I very easily talk myself out of doing it. So from an exercise standpoint right now, um, with it feeling, with it being winter, okay, when you say you're talking yourself out of it right now, is it just the time, right? If I get to go home soon, well, this will happen? Well, that's like an excuse, because then I don't have to bundle up, go outside. Okay fight the thing and then um here well if we go into places we're required to wear a mask so even the nice indoor Mm -hmm. walking spaces we have which is like those nice you know above grade tunnels exactly but you got to wear a mask in there and then it's sucking in my face and it's like it's not like listen i'm all for mask wearing i know it's listen i work health and safety don't even start there but uh but but when you're trying (laughs) to get your heart rate up and like it's sucking against your face it's not it's not ideal. So, yeah, so I kind of like, it's just, yeah. it was like when I was a regular runner, when I was running regularly and people actually, like I was identified as a runner, uh, what happened is I yeah. moved. And as soon as I moved to a new location, which I thought would be better for running, I tried the different running things. I kind of just never found a route I liked. And then I just stopped. So it's very much, um, I need all the right triggers to get me to do it. And I, I haven't established those maybe enough. I don't know. Well, so I think this is the most important thing we could work on this week, right? So you're going to be working yes. from home for the next week, correct? So, and I, I 
the what I'm assuming the weather is not going to look great this week. I, I don't look at the forecast because no, because it stresses you. Well, I'm too busy doing something on Twitter. I don't need to do yeah, on yeah, Weather yeah. Network. No, um, yes, but I, but that being said, I don't mind bundling up. I mean, I I always joke that I prefer minus fifteen to plus fifteen because uh, I don't mind bundling up. Um, it's it's just convincing myself to actually do it it's more the sunlight like when the sun is shining if it's minus 30 i don't care if the sun is shining i'm out there and i love it when this when it's overcast it's like (sighs) go back to bed okay so and, and i get that it's so easy to talk ourselves out of the things like this is why so many of us experience challenges in so many areas of our lives right like we know what is good for us or no we know what we need to do it but it's like why don't we do it and we all are like this in some area of our life everyone has this so for this week in terms of the moving your body in the sunshine the bonus is you're at home right so you don't have the added anxiety like of like you know being in the workplace you don't have that extra time to like get to work and get from work um so I want you to use a little pocket of that time. Maybe it's at lunchtime, middle of the day, nice and sunny, um, to be going for a walk or some sort of movement in your house. And the key is going to be how do we get you to not talk yourself out of it, right? So when it comes to forming a new habit, one of the best things that we can do if we're feeling some resistance to it, if it's something that we um, struggle to make happen, is called habit stacking. <gasps> Atomic so habits. Tying... Oh, Atomic habits. I just read yeah. it. Exactly. So it's tying something that you have to do or you, you need to do with something that you like to do so that there's kind of that built-in reward system, right? I hate grocery shopping. I hate it. Um, but I will get a Starbucks afterwards and Starbucks is my place, right? So in your version this week, whether it's going for a walk or doing some sort of movement inside, what's something you can tie that to afterwards that you enjoy doing? Um, what is something I enjoy? Well, I will say listening to podcasts. So I do even listen to them while I work. If, I, if all I'm doing is working with data, like if I'm just mm-hmm. moving numbers from here to there, um, I will listen to podcasts there. So I don't know if that is like a thing that, like, like I've thought about that, like save my favorite podcasts for only when I'm walking maybe. Yeah. I think that's a great one caveat I will have is make sure these are not like news podcasts or oh no at further stress no okay. judge john hodgman it's 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 he's not a judge <laughs> he's he's an actor but he he has people on and he settles like ordinary disputes like um oh just all kinds of like or like ordinary people married people disputes it's hilarious so i recommend it <laughs> yeah awesome so then I, how does that feel this week if you were to think of Find yourself a specific time of day that you're going to do it every single day. Right. So it, it probably like, like noon, like noon or one kind of thing when it's the yeah. temperature is going to be the best and the, the sun is highest in the sky, probably. Yeah. And you've got like, you know, you can block it in your calendar. So it's kind of the other piece of the habit creation, right? The habit formula at certain time, I will do what action, you know, right. that kind of thing. So 
at noon, I will go for a walk with whatever equipment I need to. And the reward that is tied with it is listening to my favorite podcast. Right. Okay. I feel like you like, um, correct me if I'm wrong. You kind of like grading yourself or you like, Oh my goodness. When I ran, the sticker when I, when I was a runner and it's so funny cause I, I didn't look like a runner in, in the classical sense of what you think a runner looks like. But I had the watch and the heart rate monitor. Like this is even before Apple watches, right? Like I used the Garmin thing and I tracked my, my times. And you would look at my times and think, why are you tracking that? Like you're not a high elite athlete. But I just loved seeing progress. And I loved, mm -hmm. um, listen, Microsoft Excel is like my favorite applications. <laughs> I like it. Yeah. So what could you also then maybe do this week that would show you some sign of progress? What would be meaningful for you? Like I know, you know, many of us love a sticker chart. Many of us love an app where we track things. Like what would be meaningful for you to track this progress? Oh no, that's good. Yeah. Cause my, my Apple watch will track it anyway. Um, but are you saying just to do it? You're not saying about showing progress in it. Oh, no, 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 that's no, the no. other this way. This is not a... Another way to don't demotivate yourself. Another way to punish myself, Victoria. <laughs> Do not demotivate yourself. Okay. It is a I showed up. Okay. I don't care if you show up for five minutes okay. or thirty. Okay. The goal is to just get out the house. Right. You could come back in in five minutes. I don't care. Okay. For the purpose of this week, I don't care. <laughs> right. All right. It's a I showed up, check mark. Good. No, that's no, that's actually really good because it will show up on my calendar from my app and everything else. And then I am trying to journal just a few lines every day. And so I will also add it to that. So give myself a star or a check mark or something. Yeah. So the benefit of the movement, and it's like, there are so many things that we could talk through of, of strategies, but like given where you talked about sort of where exercise is ranking in this, I think that's the quickest way that we can start to get you feeling a bit better. Because it's like the legally blonde quote, right? Exercise gives you endorphins. Happy people don't kill their husbands, oh, right? You yes. know, like, yes. and, you know, whether it's anxiety, stress, depression, combination thereof, um, as much as it can be hard to get ourselves into motion, exercise is by far the best thing that we can do to get. And, and when I was saying that, that feeling of holding on to the stress, getting your heart rate up tells your body like it signals to your body, I have raised my heart rate, I ran away from the lion, so that when you stop moving and your body starts to calm down, it's like, okay, I fought the lion, I am fine. Right, okay. So that's where getting yourself out of that stress state and completing that cycle is so important. So another thing I want to note on that for exercise is one way to do that. It is like the best way. There are other ways. So some of the best things that you can do are like deep belly laughter, like watching a comedy special or like talking to your favorite person that just like cracks you up listening to comedy podcasts. Yeah. Not just that, like, oh, that was funny, but like the deep belly laughter, like, you know, ugly crying, whatever yeah. it is. Yeah. Um, having a good cry is also a really great way to do that. If, if that's something that uh, you feel called to, you know, I, I see it all the time in my children. They will have an absolute meltdown. They need to let their tears out yeah. and then they're fine. And you're like, what? Yeah. But we're the same, right? Like the, the thing that you see in kids is that they actually go through that whole stress cycle and they 
resolve it quite quickly. Right. Right. Whereas we are taught as adults, no, 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 don't cry. Don't show your emotion. Don't snap at people. Don't do any of those things. Bottle right? it so up. We're just, Push it down. Right. I tell my husband, that's where cancer comes from. <laughs> and so that's, but it's the exact same yeah. thing with stress. We just don't necessarily realize that we're holding on to it. And that, you know, your blood pressure being high is that signal that you're holding on to it because you're, something within you is tense, right? So it's pushing the blood through your system faster and just like, you know, that tension going on. So what we need to be able to do is to bring that down. Other great ways to do this is through um, deep belly breathing. Have you ever tried box breathing before? Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. I have an app for yeah. that. Yeah, I have an app for that. <laughs> yeah, well, so that's helpful, right? Like, yeah. especially if you're, you know, you know, inhale for four or for five, hold yeah. for five, exhale for five, hold for five. And just even, I think, like visualizing that drawing of the box can yeah. be quite calming for some people. Yeah. Uh, if meditation calls to you, you know, that's another kind of strategy. Um, sex, great strategy. Yeah, I'm just throwing that out there. Okay. And then um, creative endeavors right? I think you like to sew, don't you? Yeah. I, yeah. I sew. I have a podcast. Yeah. I do a yeah. few different creative things. Yeah. So there's something really powerful about, um, in a way, almost sort of smaller projects or ones that you can start and finish in like half an hour, an hour, oh, yeah. because there's just this, um, even if it's not the whole thing, but you're finishing a section of it and you can actually see something go from start to finish, that makes us feel like we have started something. The stress response is also excitement, right? I've had this really exciting thing happen and I've seen it to completion and like, and you, and you go through that whole cycle. So the goal I want you to start looking at is on a daily basis, how can you close that stress cycle loop um, yourself? right? Because the colleagues aren't changing. COVID's not changing anytime soon. So much of the stressors, the stress triggers are not going to change. Um, And and there's a whole other conversation of like, what are the things you can control? What are the whatevers? But I think what we we often aren't aware of is like, we are holding this stress in our body, um, whether we're actively uh, aware of it or not. So what can we actually do to like complete that cycle to signal to our body and our mind, we're good. Right. We, we've done this cycle. And, and for the modern lives that we live, like we need to do that every single day. It doesn't have to take more than half an hour. Um, and I know that feels like a lot for people to sort of add to their plate, but it's like, you know, instead of maybe I don't know, extra social media or extra whatever, like, you know, is there half an hour that you can do of like coloring, like adult coloring books. There's a reason they're popular. Half an hour of like going for a walk, right? Like they're probably things you were almost going to do anyways. And maybe it's just like, how can we tweak them? And that will, if you start doing that consistently, be it movement or not, that will start to get, train your body and your brain on how to complete the stress cycle. And then it makes you um, more resilient to stress because your body will know that every day you're going to deal with it in some way or another. Does that make sense? No, absolutely. Absolutely. I did have one doctor explain to me that I had been uh, living fight or flight yeah. for weeks and probably months. And so I, when I explained to my boss, I said, because again, some of my behavior was noted at work where my behavior had changed, which is, uh, which is embarrassing. And 
anyways, it's, it's hard, right? When other people are identifying this in you. But when I explained to my boss, I said, basically, I was told I was in fight or flight, like I was running from a bear for like weeks or months. Mm-hmm. And, and I said, yeah, if you start to behave inappropriately and talk, you know, inappropriately to people, uh, mean like, like meaning like anger, lashing out, that kind of thing. It, yeah. It's because, yeah, I'm running from a bear here and you're trying to hand me like this useless spreadsheet you need done. Like it's just, uh, and then I explained to him, so I was already in this whole, once um, things were like reopening is when it really hit me. And then we were in our building. So I'm already at, I told him I was already at like an eight for anxiety. I was just hiding it really well. And then we get all, we all get this alert on our phones, hurricane warning. You may, in have, Alberta. To, you may have to evacuate. And I, what, not hurricane, tornado, tornado, mm. sorry. <clears throat> and I was, and I told my boss, I said, I was at an eight already. I said, and then this thing comes on my phone. And I said, I, I hit the roof. Like I just, and I'm texting my husband and I'm texting my friend who's deaf because I, cause I knew she wouldn't hear the alert. So, but I yeah. wanted to make sure she saw it. And so I was texting and I'm like, get to your basement if you need. And I'm like, and my husband's like, what was that all about? And I'm like, I, I just like, I was already there. And I was like, we're all dying in a tornado. Mm-hmm. This is how we're all going to die. Not COVID. Yeah. It was insane. But that's what happens, right? When you're, fa- when you're in this chronic stress and chronic anxiety and you're operating at that very high level, it doesn't take much. And a tornado warning is pretty big. I remember when that happened and our alarm system just went yeah. off and I was like, I don't know, I don't know what's happening. And like immediately your heart rate spikes, yep. right? And your blood pressure just goes super high and it's very intense. And if you've already been having that elevated feeling, it, it does feel like it does feel like you're going to die. It does physically feel terrifying. So I'm not surprised. And so, um, yeah, my, my boss said, oh, he says, he goes, that actually, he says, makes sense to me. Cause he said, I was at like a zero or mm-hmm. a one. He goes, and I went up to like a three or four. He goes, so w- yeah. when the, when the tornado warning, cause again, we're health and safety. So now we're kind of responsible almost to evacuate the building if we need to kind of thing. So, yeah. So it was just, uh, um, it was really helpful to be able to illustrate that to him that way. And so I'm going to keep mm-hmm. that in my back pocket with, with people to help them understand what uh, that sort of anxiety or stress mm-hmm. kind of response feels like. But I'm just amazed that he said he was at a zero. I don't know what that's like. <laughs> I don't think I've ever been at a zero in my life. Well, yeah. Okay. We won't get into genders. But yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> All good. All good. So how does that feel for an action item this week to focus on, on moving your body every day? Does it resonate with you? No, that's, that's good. And it, and I know it will help. Um, It's weird how you, like you said, you don't do the stuff that will help, that will help you um, for whatever reason that is. Um, But yeah, no, I definitely, I can see that your, your head just feels clearer, like when, as you get more oxygen into your muscles and your brain and everything. And so, no, I, no, I'm actually looking forward to it. Well, and I'll check in with you in a week. Okay. To see how that went. So like, there is the accountability piece that makes all the difference, right? When it, when it's in terms of like, why don't we do the things that we're going to say we're going to do? Cause we're the only one that knows we're supposed to do it. Right. Where yeah. they're like, no one will know if I don't do this, your body will know. Yeah. But, you know, our brains are really good at being like, meh. Like, Let me tell you, my- if, my, if my workplace said, 
you must exercise for 30 minutes three times a week like that is part of your tasks to do and we mm-hmm. will be checking in with you to see if you've done it like i would do it because i'd be like yeah. oh this is part of my obligation of like and someone else's it's just so it's so strange how we don't um do that same care for ourselves that we kind of if someone else wants us to do it well and it's not even that we need to get you back to the point of enjoying movement right because yeah. you clearly have in the past yeah you clearly have had a positive relationship with it. But if it's been such a long time, if you've been feeling this tense, it is so challenging for us to start something new. So I think that's where having the sort of like little bit of a push to get started and the accountability to get started. We want to get you doing this because you like doing it, not because Victoria told you to do it, right? right? Okay. The last thing I want to talk to you about it before we um, sort of close up here is what's your sort of vision for let's say three months from now what because that's so it's about 90 days like so it's not like your whole life isn't going to be different in 90 days how would you like to be feeling in relationship with your stress what would you like to be different how would you like to be showing up 90 days from now i've been living so uh day to day week to week it's hard that's actually hard to think about um, wow. I would like to show up for everywhere I choose to be, which includes work. I want to show up ready for what I'm doing and focused on that. If like, so that when I move on to my other stuff that I do, I don't want work trailing around in my head. And when I go to work, I don't want other stuff trailing around in my head. I want to be, feel like I have enough, like I have things handled to the point that I don't have to carry it with me to other places, if that makes sense. So kind of like being like present and in the moment and focused? Yeah, like I'm at work and I'm thinking about other stuff. Mm-hmm. And then I'm at those other things and I'm, th- and, and I'm thinking about work. So like, because I, I'm just, I constantly feel like, I guess, like I'm behind or failing at things. And so, um, yeah, like I, I just want to, I want to be, feel well enough and feel like clear enough that I'm showing up for those things. Maybe that's too tall an order, Victoria. (laughs) So here's the thing is whether or not you are a hundred percent in that state in 90 days from now isn't so much what's important this the studies actually show that if you have something you are working towards you are looking forward to like like if that's if if you can say i am excited about the idea of feeling present and clear and focused in 90 days like that's motivating enough for you that's all you need as long as you keep reminding yourself of where you want to be because the studies actually show and they show this in like in mice as well so like we are just you know a giant version of mice that we um are much more likely to achieve to get to where we want to go if we have something we're looking forward to versus if we are afraid of something right so i think you'll see a lot of people um and you know when you were saying it's so much more easy to be triggered by stress and for for you know for everything to sort of cycle up synapses are all like easily triggered yeah easily triggered 
I'm going to guess they're more easily triggered because you know what burnout feels like, right? You know what the bad thing is. And so it does start the sort of like doom fear in your body, right? What we need to do is actually get a little bit away from that and get into where do I want to go? Where do I want to be? What is motivating for me? So instead of being pushed, you're being pulled. Right. Okay. That and that sense. takes time. And that's like a new habit for a lot of us, right? Because especially if you haven't done that kind of thing before, or if you're out of the habit of having a goal or a vision to work towards, um, it's important. And I think it's even more important during COVID, right? Because like you're saying, we're living day to day to day. We have no idea what's around the corner. We get these new numbers every day. There's a lot going on. I think it's even more important to have something for you to work towards. And again, it's not a like, I mean, you can grade yourself if you want in 90 days, but the goal isn't that you have to be 100% there. The goal is you have something to work towards that is appealing enough and attractive enough to you. It matters to right. you. Right. I think like uh, in Atomic Habits, what was interesting stuck out to me was the importance of, of saying what your identity is. Like if you think if this is part of your identity, then it's what you do. And so that was in the past when I was a runner and identified as a runner, then that means, yeah, of course I ran when I got home from work every day because that was who I was. And so again, I don't need to be a runner, but I do need to, instead of just trying to keep up with things, I need to select what that identity is to kind of strive toward, you know, like it's a good reason to keep doing it when you actually feel like that's who you are and not just, I will be this when I get there. It's like, no, no, this is what a person does who, who is present. This is what they do. They show up, they don't stare at their phones and look at other things. They're there, they're present and yeah. And it's about doing it more often than yeah. not, right? right? It's not that you're never going to have like distracted right. moments or anything like that. We don't, we, we don't go from like zero to 60 yeah. overnight. Right. But I think if you start, what you're also doing is rewiring your brain instead of I can't or I have been this and this is who I am. It's this is what I want to be and this is what I will be and this is what yeah. I'm working towards, right? Because right? I think for, year, for years, I was like, I have depression. I am a stress ball. I am all of these things for me. And so then you're very easily like, well, that's what I am. I can't right. be anything right. else, right? And we are multi-layered we are an yeah. onion, yeah. right? There's so many layers to us, but I think you have to pick what you're going to focus on. What do you care about most right now? And let that be the primary focus. Right. All of those other parts are still part of you, right. but what part, what part are you working towards most right now? Okay. So with that sort of 90 day goal, what I would suggest is once you kind of land on exactly the language that works for you, whether it's like being present, clear and focused, whatever that is, I would like you to write that down and put that somewhere meaningful for you. Whether it's a screensaver on your phone, whether it's on the fridge, a sticky note on your laptop, it doesn't have to be fancy or anything like that, but put it somewhere you're going to see it on a daily basis. It's kind of like an anchor for you because it's very easy when we have a bad day, when we have a stressful moment for us then to f lose sight of what we're working towards, right? Because you, you have months or a lifetime or whatever it is of thinking one way and not being focused on that goal. And so we just need that like daily reminder of going the opposite direction, okay. right? 
Okay, so that's a lot for this week. So we're going to move your body every day. You are a walker. Tie that to something you really enjoy doing. So that's the action item. Okay. I'll check in with you next Saturday. Okay. See how that went. And then write down that 90-day goal and put it somewhere you will see it every day. Okay. And I think that's enough for one week, right? Like the one thing I want to like... <laughs> I was about to say the one thing I want to stress, but that seems yeah, the wrong yeah, word yeah. to use. The one thing I would like to emphasize is let's not bite off more than we can chew. You love atomic habits. So you'll know this, like the 1% mentality. What's yeah. 1% I can do today to get me closer to that goal. Yes. Okay. Okay. No, that's, this yeah. all f- no, that's good. Cause it, it is kind of, I, I, in the past, you try to take on too much to think I'm going to change everything. And then that is overwhelming, of course. So yeah, and we've got lots on our plates right yeah. now, right? Yeah, yeah. So go little, yeah. low, you know, go go little to make a big difference in the long run, right? No, for sure, absolutely, yeah. Now I'm do- I'm doing my vitamins every day because I did the Atomic Habits thing, so it's great. Bam! <laughs> right? Vitamins are all like I am an AA plus plus plus. Done. <laughs> Yeah. So, and then as you sort of go on like weeks from now, um, next week, add on one new tiny thing, right? What feels achievable, like keep mm-hmm. doing the movement, right. right? Right. Try and keep that consistent throughout because you know, that's such a thing that you need and that yeah. you thrive on, right? When you're doing it consistently, you felt really good. So let's get back to that point. Yeah. And then ask yourself, what's one more thing you can do next week? right? If it's making the bed every day, I don't know if you make the bed or not, but like, you know, or if it's doing a little bit of sewing every day or something that you enjoy, right? Start to just add on these tiny little things week by week by week. Um, And then we can chat again in the future if that's of interest to you. All right. No, that sounds good. No, that sounds good. Okay. We'll take good care this week. Okay, so like I said before, big thank you to Molly for joining us on the call, uh, for allowing us to record it and being so authentic and vulnerable uh, you that's how you make real change and real progress in coaching right people have to share they have to let me in a little bit so that we can probe and get you to where you want to go so big big thank you to molly again if you're listening to this and you're like i could use some coaching in my life i want to start 2021 off on the right foot i want it to be the year that i stress less again i have two options for you The first and very exciting one is our Stress Less in 90 Days group coaching program. Doors close December 23rd. Uh, We're going to be kicking this cohort off January 1st for three months with a small cohort of women who are ready to stress less now. So this is right for you if you have tried all these Band-Aid solutions like the spa and the bath and the like all, you know, me time and it's just not working for you. You need a lasting solution and you're just ready to start enjoying life a little bit more, yes, even during a pandemic. If that sounds like you, then Stress Less in 90 Days could be right up your alley. So that's stresslessin990days.ca. Head there to register. Again, doors close December 23rd. We would love to have you in the cohort. The other uh, option, as I mentioned earlier, is one-to-one coaching. And so sometimes this is a better fit for people, right? You're like, I know, uh, I do best when it is just one-to-one. Some people, that is what they need. So this is where you and I dive deep into your specific stressors and we create like the most customized game plan for you. Everything is about you. The whole hour, every single week. 
So if that's up your alley, if that's what you need to stay accountable uh, and you really want lasting stress reduction, you can email me about uh, spots that I have open at Victoria. Well, my email address is Victoria at stresslessladies.com. Now, just something to note on the one-to-one coaching. I only have a couple spots open at a time. So if it's of interest to you, I would email me ASAP uh, to either sign up or get on the wait list for when I've got some spots open. Regardless, 2021 can be the year that you manage your stress. It can be the year that you figure this out. And I'm here to help you on that path. So take good care today. Go get some sleep. A good night's sleep is always good for everybody. And take care.